Hey everyone, this is Danielle Gervino, and I'm the New York-based life and style blogger behind DanielleGervino.com. With a few successful years of blogging under my belt and a background in marketing and design, I'm taking you behind the scenes of the industry and sharing my tips and tricks for growing your brand. We'll chat productivity and design, social media, brand partnerships, growth, and more. I'm dishing out my honest, unfiltered advice and exclusive actionable strategies for monetizing your influence. This is Blogging Unscripted. Hi guys, welcome to Blogging Unscripted, episode two. I'm sitting here with the biggest smile on my face because it still feels a little surreal that I'm sitting here by myself in my room recording a podcast that so many people have told me that they're excited to listen to and it just makes me feel really good. It makes me super, super happy. So before we get into all the good stuff this episode, I just wanted to take a quick minute to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to all of you who have subscribed and rated and to the those few of you who have already left a review. I so, so appreciate each and every one of you for trusting in me and kind of investing in this new little project of mine. And I just can't wait to see what we do. So without further ado, I want to get into today's episode. I did poll you guys on Instagram whether or not you wanted to hear about best marketing practices or Instagram engagement strategies, and it was kind of split down the middle. So I have made the choice today to talk a little bit about marketing, and we will absolutely cover Instagram probably in our next episode, actually. So today's episode is going to be all about best marketing practices for your brand. And a lot of times we launch a business cold and expect it to take off without even marketing it at all. And sometimes we feel that having just a social media presence is marketing in and of itself. So coming from a career in marketing, I can tell you that there is so much more to the equation And I'm about to share that all with you in today's podcast. I'm going to outline the six best marketing practices for your brand and how you can take action to make sure that you're covering all of those bases in order to set your brand up for success. So let's get to it. Practice number one, getting to know your ideal reader. So when we look at bloggers who we classify as successful, a lot of us put reach in that equation. The more reach a blogger has, likes, followers, interactions, the more successful we see them. And while that is true to an extent, it creates a false belief. That belief being that we have to market to everyone. As bloggers, we should be seeking out one person and one person only, and that's our ideal reader. So I personally have spent so much time getting to know my ideal reader that when browsing on Instagram, I can take one look at a new profile and know in an instant whether or not they should be someone I get my brand in front of. We're at the point where our industry is just so saturated that reach is dropping in a major way. And you know what people are doing? They're complaining, blaming the algorithm, and wallowing in what they see as failure. But what if the failure wasn't really failure and instead it was just misdirection? So here's the way that I see it. Blaming things that are outside of your control is pointless and it's going to get us nowhere. I see posts in blogger Facebook groups every day 
is anyone else's reach down this week? My likes are terrible. Anyone else feeling like Instagram is totally wonky this week? And real talk, it drives me crazy. Instead, we should be asking ourselves, how can we get in front of the people we actually need, aka our ideal readers? So actionable strategy. What I want you to do is sit down and write a quick blurb about your ideal reader. Name them, think of their age range, what are their hobbies and interests, what do they see value in? I'm going to share my exact blurb for my ideal reader with you right now. Molly is a self-proclaimed 20-something finding herself through her new career and some inspiration along the way. She has an appreciation for unique on-trend pieces mixed with everyday fashion and loves discovering new beauty products just as much as the next girl. With an appreciation for a healthy dose of sarcasm, Molly wants to connect with her favorite bloggers just as she'd connect with her friends. In her free time, you can find her catching up on her favorite binge-worthy shows, experimenting with the latest fashion, and planning her next dinner party, all while trying to find that ideal work-life balance. Guys, I feel like Molly is my BFF, literally. I feel like I know her. And you should feel like you know your ideal reader because it's the type of person you're marketing your brand to. The type of person who will trust in you, invest in your content, stay loyal to you and your brand, and guess what? There are plenty of Mollies out there, but my job is to make sure that I'm marketing to them. So to wrap up practice one, getting to know your ideal reader, take some time to sit down, write a quick one to two paragraph blurb about your ideal reader. And the reason that I asked you to do this on paper or the computer instead of just in your head, it because I think if you do it this way, it's going to become tangible and it will become a resource that you can refer back to when you're feeling like you're in a rut and you need some direction. My ideal reader snippet personally has helped me land some brand deals and it's been a great deal for helping myself determine whether or not a campaign and its goals are the right fit. I always ask myself, does this campaign cater to my ideal reader? And if they don't and if it doesn't, I won't take it. So getting to know your ideal reader is kind of like a precursor to marketing your brand. You can't effectively market if you don't know exactly who you're marketing to. So don't skip this important first step. Let's move on to practice number two, writing a killer bio and about page. So for me, the first thing that I do when I stumble upon a new blog after reading the article that brought me there or seeing the picture that brought me to their social media profile in the first place, is navigate to the about page or look at the bio. When someone's discovering your content for the first time, whether they find themselves on your blog or your Instagram page, the first thing that they want to know is who you are. Think of your bio and your about page as a micro resume, a place to sell yourself and your brand to both potential followers and to brands looking for influencers to sponsor. If you're not marketing yourself in the right way, that short little blurb can pose as a major point of drop-off. So writing a killer bio, let's break the important stuff down into two sections, your social media bio and your blog's about page. First up, let's chat social media. When crafting your social media bio, you need to make sure that you're writing a bio that realistically informs. So while something like 
vegan, comma, animal lover, and happiest at the beach are cute and give me kind of way too much information about your life, realistically, I'm leaving a bit confused with an idea about how much you might love dogs, but not a clue about what your brand stands for. As a rule of thumb on social media, use your location and your niche to write a bio that's short and sweet. I'm going to give you a few examples. And again, these are really short. They're to the point. This doesn't have to be something you spend a lot of time um, obsessing over and worrying about. So here are some examples to help get you started. New York-based life and style blogger bringing you a mix of everyday style and real life behind the scenes. Fashion blogger based in Minneapolis with a knack for print mixing and graphic design. Digital content creator bringing your brand unique and specialized designs from Los Angeles, California. And now I'll share our blogging unscripted bio. Now, just to note, I did not put the location in the blogging unscripted bio because I think in this instance, it's not really necessary. So here's what my bio looks like. Hosted by Danielle Gervino. Honest, unfiltered advice and actionable strategies for monetizing your influence and growing your brand. Short, sweet, to the point. Your social media bio is also prime real estate for marketing your website and any other channels that you're affiliated with. Always utilize your bio link, and I feel like that's kind of common sense, and most of you do that anyway. You can also utilize Instagram's new bio tagging feature where any at accounts you list in your bio turn into clickable links so your followers can easily navigate between your accounts. So for example, on my main account at Danielle Gervino, right in my bio, I have blogging unscripted and my presets account, presets by Danielle, and people can easily click on those in my bio, be taken right to the page, and then on those respective pages, they also link back to my other pages. So they can kind of click between all three check them out, and really easily end up where they started with just the click of a button. Next up, let's talk about your blog's about page. If you have an active blog, your about page should be one of the first things that your readers see on your menu. Make sure it's at the forefront of your website and easily accessible. The great thing about your blog's about page is that you can use the space to really let your readers know who you are. And remember that that connection and relatability creates loyal readers. So don't skimp here. I personally take this space to give a more formal rundown of my brand first, and then I break into my story. I use the first little snippet to realistically inform my readers and also brands about who I am and what they can expect from my brand. And so I'm going to break down both my little brand snippet and my story for you right here so you don't have to navigate to my blog and find it. So first up is the brand snippet. Danielle Gervino is the force behind the influential New York-based life and style blog pineappleandprosecco.com. Um, and this is a side note, soon to be Danielle Gervino. We're in the process of switching and we're almost there. Okay, continue. Founded in late 2015 as an outlet for her passion for writing and design, Pineapple and Prosecco is a place which inspires creativity through showcasing Danielle's colorful life. Danielle also brings with her an extensive background in marketing, advertising, and design, making her a standout voice in the multifaceted, ever-changing millennial space. Her keen eye for spotting the latest style and beauty trends coupled with her passion for living a career-driven yet well-balanced life 
has allowed Danielle to relate to the everyday girl offering all kinds of inspiration along the way. So then after that little short snippet, I delve into a more personal story of how my blog came to be. Born and raised in the coastal town of Northport, New York, I grew up spending my summers at the beach in Montauk. After moving to Connecticut to work on my master's in education, I spent my first nine years of my adult life pursuing a career in teaching. My life path was all well and good until that one day I woke up and totally changed my mind about what I was doing. My then fiance, now husband, and I quit our jobs, packed up our lives, and moved back to New York because why not? Lucky for Joe, he figured things out pretty quickly, and he's now killing it in Manhattan as a commercial real estate broker. Me, on the other hand, well, I've traded in shaping and minds and a life sentence to flats for a career in marketing and graphic design where I am happily in heels. In my off time, I'm coupling my love for writing with this creative outlet where I can share my beloved styles, career advice for my fellow bloggers, and a little bit about life. So, If those last two minutes don't tell you about who I am, I don't know what does. I feel like I laid it out pretty clear. I gave a formal description of my brand, maybe for brands visiting my page or for new readers visiting my page who just wanted to to learn a little bit more about what Pineapple and Prosecco, soon to be Danielle Gervino, is all about. And then I gave a little more of a personal snippet with some relatability for people who wanted to hear from me in a less professional sense. And so to wrap up practice two, take some time to revamp your social media bios and your blogs about pages after this podcast. Not only will it help your readers and brands get to know you in a realistically informative way, but it will help you to market yourself to the right people. Practice number three posting on social media with intent. Social media, as we all know, is one of the most effective marketing tools for our brand. And guess what? It's at our fingertips and it's free. Here's the thing though. In order to make sure you're effectively marketing yourself on each social media platform the right way, you have to be posting with intent based on whether you're using Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, etc., Effective marketing goes hand in hand with thoughtful planning. And my first rule of thumb here is never to post on a whim. Chances are, if you're posting in real time to any social platform, aside from things like Instagram stories, Snapchat, and even Twitter, you're going to miss a key detail like a call to action, a hashtag, or in general, just a thoughtful post caption. I want to bring Instagram to the forefront here just because it's presumably the platform that we all use the most. So I'll chat about that a little more in depth and then I'll give you a quick rundown on how you can use posting with intent on other social media platforms to market your brand. So on Instagram, never post just to post. It's my biggest piece of social media advice. While Instagram is a visual platform, it also allows you to share through your caption and your caption space is prime real estate for a call to action or a CTA. Spend time carefully crafting your captions and make sure to always or almost always include a call to action in your post. Call to actions encourage your followers to engage and interact with your content and we all know how much Instagram's algorithm favors that engagement. So call to actions might look like asking your followers a question, teasing a behind the scenes snippet and telling them to head to stories to see the rest, 
asking followers to double tap if they agree with what you're saying, or maybe to click on the link in your bio to see more of whatever you're talking about. Now, note that when you post a call to action, not everybody's going to respond. If you ask a question on your Instagram post, which I often do, I have probably half of my responses who answer the question and the other half telling me I'm wearing a cute sweater, aka they're not reading the caption. And that's okay. As long as you're catering to those ideal readers who you know are there and who you know are reading your post caption and who you know will interact, you're good. So I'm going to share two CTAs that have worked well for me. One is when I post a photo that has maybe a funny or interesting story behind it, I'll share it on Instagram stories in a little series I call Behind the Gram. Somewhere in my caption, my CTA might look like, head to stories to hear about the wardrobe malfunction during this photo shoot that almost ruined my day. Or it might look like, want to know why I had to break out the scissors and cut my dress for this shoot? Head to stories for a behind the scenes look. And yes, that actually happened. Because one time I had my tailor add extra buttons and she added the buttons but forgot to cut the holes, so I cut the dress. Okay, so another call to action that has worked well for me is a longer, more personal caption that ends with a question. And these also generate high engagement from my audience. So this caption that I'm going to share with you landed me double my average post comments. Having a hard time disconnecting lately, especially during holiday season. Can anyone else relate? All I wanted today was a break from my phone and somehow here I am still on my phone. How do you guys truly disconnect without worrying about a mile long to-do list? Spoiler alert, people love to share their advice, especially on social media. So ask them guys. So our lesson here Carefully thought out Instagram posts with CTAs in your captions, market your brand by fostering a genuine connection with followers and generating higher engagement, and in turn, kickstarting that algorithm and getting more eyes on your account. So another aspect here is your hashtags, brand tags, and geotags, and they're an incredibly important part of intentional posting. Think about it like this. If you were a job recruiter, Would you walk into a coffee shop and hand your job posting to one person and then expect all of the applicants to come pouring in? Obviously not. So the same thing goes for Instagram. Your hashtags, your brand tags, and your geotags all boost your discoverability. And each of these tags welcomes in a whole new audience who has the potential to see your posts. Rule of thumb for hashtags, don't repeat the same ones. Take an hour, one day, to open up the Notes app on your phone Look up your most tagged brands and research and write down their hashtags. I personally do this and I have a running list that I just copy and paste from each time I craft a new post featuring that particular brand. So it's a little bit of back and forth when I'm preparing a post caption, but that's all part of the work that goes into social media marketing. Also think about location-specific hashtags, seasonal hashtags, and hashtags directly related to what's in your photo. And honestly, guys, it's not as tedious as you might think to constantly switch it up, and it's so important. So let's quickly touch on the rest. When it comes to platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest, you have to ask yourself, what is my audience responding to, and what types of posts are helping to get more eyes on me? Keep in mind that this might look different for different influencers, and so what your audience responds to may not be what my audience responds to. However, in general, 
on Facebook, it's generally lots of pictures and anecdotal stories that people can really interact with. On Twitter, it's usually short and clever clickbait taglines or tweets with a meme attached, and those are more likely to be retweeted, and there it is again, that free marketing. For Pinterest, it's usually visually pleasing images, and if it's a text graphic, it's clear, concise titles that provide value to the user. So in order to put your best marketing foot forward, does that even make sense? I don't think that makes sense. You have to look at each of your social media channels with a different lens. You have to research your post performance, take note of how your audience responds, and you need to tailor each and every single post with intent. Let's move on to practice number four, capitalizing on the power of email marketing. So having a subscriber list of people who opted in and said, I want to sign up for Danielle's emails because I see value in what she has to say. It's like having your own room full of people with all eyes and attention on you, ready to listen to anything you want to say. And the power of email marketing is tremendous, but I know this often seems like a daunting task because, well, you obviously need subscribers in the first place in order to utilize email marketing. By the way, if you guys are interested in hearing more about email marketing, let me know. Head over to the Blogging Unscripted Instagram page and visit the topic thread story highlight. You can also come pop into our topic thread in our Facebook group over at bit.ly slash blogging unscripted on FB, all lowercase. Growing your email list will most likely not happen overnight and I highly discourage participating in either A, newsletter subscribe follow trains, or B, giveaways that provide an email list after the giveaway has ended of participants for you to upload to your database. Reason being here is because you want your email subscribers to want to know what you have to say. And your goal here should be to have a high open rate with a small unsubscribe rate. And you're likely to meet that goal if you're letting people choose for themselves whether or not to sign up. Number one way to grow your email list when you're first getting started, aside from having a pop-up on your blog and getting the word out there that your followers can opt in, is to provide some kind of a freebie. What part of your audience are you going to cater to with your newsletter content and what can you offer them as an incentive to subscribers that says, this is valuable and I'm giving it to you for free, but I'm going to continue to provide valuable content just like this and here's why you should hang around. When I first started growing my list, I offered a blog growth tracking template and that actually helped me land my first 100 subscribers. I marketed that freebie everywhere I could, blog, social channels, even Pinterest, which it turned out to be my biggest traffic driver, and I created a graphic on there for my freebie, linking to my subscribe page, and I just kind of watched them roll in. Over time, it didn't like happen overnight. I'm not like this gigantic blogger who people clicked on and all of a sudden I had 100 subscribers, but they rolled in over time, and that that freebie was really the main driver there. So once you have your subscriber tribe, as I like to call it, it's all about building up that trust between you and your people. Talk to them like friends, offer your knowledge and valuable advice that they're going to want to come back for. 
Whether you're a fashion blogger who's sharing your favorite trends and budget finds to shop, or someone like me who mainly utilizes my newsletters to provide resources for bloggers, you have to kind of find what your audience is going to value and you have to run with that. By the way, if you are not signed up for my newsletters, I'm going to give a little plug here. Um, I do have blogging resources that I send out every once in a while, and you can sign up right over at bit.ly slash come say hi. So once you've established that trust, you can then bring in your monetization strategies like selling a product or service or encouraging your followers to buy using your affiliate links. Practice number five getting published on outside platforms. This marketing practice is often overlooked, and I think that's because we tend to focus so intently on our own brand bubble that we forget to look outside of it and see how we can use other people's brands to our advantage, obviously in a good way, to grow our own. And this is a great way to get your content in front of a brand new audience, oftentimes an even bigger audience, if you're submitting your work in the right places. You can go about submitting your content in one of two ways. You can either A, submit a piece of content that you've already created, that's a good fit, or B, you can take time to create a piece of content tailored to the website that you're submitting to. Of course, if you're doing the latter, remember that your work isn't guaranteed to be published. Three great platforms that I recommend that you can submit your content to are glitterguide.com, theeverygirl.com, and laurenconrad.com. So keep in mind that when you're looking for websites to submit to, you want to also make sure that in general, the audience and demographic of that website align with your own. So head over to their about page, see if it resonates with you, or browse through some of their published articles and ask yourself if it's either A, content that you would be interested to read yourself, or B, if it's content similar to that which you create on your own blog. If your goal is to get published on an outside platform, don't submit your work on a whim just to submit it and see if they bite. When looking for collaborators, brands are looking for well-thought-out, well-written content, beautiful imagery, and content that makes sense for their website. So common sense, obviously, but honestly, I've been there where I've said, oh, let me just submit quick if I hear from them, great, if not, whatever. But in doing that, I was really screwing myself. You have to go in with the intention that what you have is such a perfect fit that they're not going to be able to pass it up. If you are able to get your work published, it's like the best kind of plague that you can imagine. You're getting your brand in front of a sea of new potential readers who likely would have never found you otherwise. So let's wrap up our last practice, practice number six, showing up for your audience no matter how big or small. And what I mean by no matter how big or small is that I don't care if you have 500 followers, 1,000 followers, 10,000 followers, 200,000 followers. It doesn't matter. You have to show up for your audience. So I get DMs all the time from newer bloggers asking if I can offer any advice for growing their brand. And I honestly don't think that they always realize what an open-ended question that is. There's obviously no recipe or set of rules that's going to make you successful if you follow X, Y, or Z. But that being said, I don't want to give them nothing. So I always kind of give them the same spiel, which is this. Consistently show up for your readers and your followers. Because if you can't commit to doing that, you may want to rethink your end goal. If you're committed and you're making the conscious decision that you want to turn your blog into a business, 
you have to be there. Think about how easily forgettable things are these days. I mean, there are days like when I can't even remember what I ate for dinner the night before. So you better believe that if you're posting once a week or showing up on stories just a handful of times each month, your followers aren't going to remember you. And it's not going to be second nature for them to sign on to Instagram and say, oh, let me go see what Danielle is up to. You have to always be there as a constant reminder for your followers in this fast-paced, saturated industry. Hi, I'm here. I have new content, fun stuff to show you, new sales to share, new resources you can use, etc. So a great example of someone who has mastered this that I'm sure many of you are familiar with is Ariel Charnas from Something Navy. And some may say she's on stories too much. She puts most of her life on her Instagram stories, but... You better believe that those who are invested in her brand are signing onto social media and her feed is the first thing they're seeing. Her stories are the first thing they're watching consistently. So how does this tie into marketing? Well, it's actually pretty simple. Let's look at the example of Instagram. The more consistently you show up, the more your followers and readers are likely to view your content. And the more your content is viewed, the more likely Instagram's algorithm is to flag it as important and show those stories or posts to even more people. So it's a ripple effect. All right, guys, let's recap. So today we chatted about six best practices for marketing your brand and how you can utilize them to grow your brand. Practice one, getting to know your ideal reader. Remember that when you try to reach everyone, you end up reaching no one. Narrowing down your ideal reader to a T will help better direct your content into the right hands. Practice two, writing a killer bio and about page. You signed up to do this blogging thing, so you have to be okay with letting your readers in. Realistically inform while also telling your story. It will not only help your audience to get to know you on a more personal level, but it will create that vital human connection that's really all people want. Practice three, posting on social media with intent. No more posting on the fly. I mean it. Seriously, guys. Cover all of your bases with content that makes sense, a well-thought-out caption, and a strategic call to action to encourage more engagement from your followers. Practice four, capitalizing on the power of email marketing. Look at your subscriber tribe as a close-knit circle of friends. They're there because they want to be. And it's your job to deliver them valuable content that they need. Remember that encouraging signups with a freebie is a great way to hook them. Practice five, getting published on outside platforms. What if you could double, triple, or even quadruple your reach with just a single piece of content? When it comes to marketing, it's really important to think outside of your brand bubble and see how you can use others to your advantage. And last but not least, practice six, showing up for your audience, no matter how big or small. Consistently remind your followers, hey, I'm here, by being present and engaging until you don't have to remind them anymore and it's simply second nature for them to come and see what's new. And there they are. Those are my six best practices for marketing your brand. I hope that this podcast episode was able to deliver some new insight and help you get your gears turning a little bit about how you can make some productive changes to your current marketing strategy. And what I want to wrap up with is a quick little Q&A segment. I'm, I can't see my timer, but I'm thinking that this episode is going to run a little bit longer just because it's really content packed. But so I'm going to do this quick. I want to finish out our episode with, um, 
one to two questions and I'm going to do this each week and I just feel like this is a great way to wrap up that's a little more lighthearted and that doesn't require a ton of digging into. It'll help you get to know me better and hopefully answer some of your blogging questions that I may not cover in a full episode. All right, so first question comes from my girl Ria. Thanks for sending this in so quickly after I posted on Instagram. And the question is, did you lose friends when you started blogging? Were some not supportive? Here are my thoughts on this. I've seen people talk about this a little bit, and I've seen people write blog posts about it, and it's honestly so crazy to me. My friends are like my the closest people in my life. They're like my family. And to think of losing a friend because I had a new um, hobby and business venture that kind of took up a lot of my time is just so crazy to me. So here is uh, my answer. No, I did not lose friends when I started blogging. And if any of you have ever found yourself in a situation where you feel like a friendship is suffering because of what you're doing, I think that you have to really just kind of look at yourself in the mirror and make sure that you are being the best friend you can be. And you have to look at the other person and make sure that they are supporting you to the extent that they should be supporting you as a friend. So that's my my quick answer to that one. So question number two comes from Emma and it is, can you work with brands at the beginning of growing your following, like around 400 or so? And here's my answer. No, you can't. I will delve into that in an episode about working with brands, but to give you my quick response, what you need to be focusing on when you are small and just starting out is you need to be focusing on branding, finding your ideal reader, and growing your audience. Brands should be on the back burner until you feel like you have built a solid brand that you have a strong brand identity, you know your brand in and out, you know your readers in and out, and you can go to a brand and say, here is why I can help you accomplish X, Y, and Z. And I honestly don't think that when you're, I actually, not that I don't think, I know that there is no way in the beginning, beginning stages that you can go to a brand and really offer what they need to the full extent when you are so early on. This is my personal opinion, but I feel like we are in a really saturated industry where a lot of people are just starting blogs. And they're starting blogs because they want free stuff. They're starting blogs because they want to make money working with brands. And those are great goals to have. Those were my goals when I started blogging. But they should be goals that are realistically placed in your timeline. And they should be goals that you are placing after you do all of the important stuff. So get your branding down, focus on finding your ideal readers, focus on building a great, beautiful website, make sure that you've created at least a month's worth of beautiful content that you're really proud of. And then you can start thinking about your brand and collaboration strategy. So last question comes from Emily and it is, what is your favorite food? Emily, this is such a loaded question. It's very hard for me to answer. So I'm going to answer by meal because I could never just pick one. So my favorite breakfast food is a strawberry cheese Danish. My favorite food food either has to be pizza. It has to be New York pizza because that's the best and it's my favorite and I can eat it for every meal or like a shredded chicken Mexican tostada. I love Mexican food. My favorite snack food are is pickles. 
And my favorite dessert is a tres leches cake, which is also a Mexican dish. So I'm going to wrap up our quick little Q&A with those three for this week. What questions do you guys still have? Let me know by either sending me a DM on Instagram at blogging unscripted, or you can post your question to our running Q&A thread in the Blogging Unscripted Facebook group. If you are not a member, it's super easy to join. All you have to do is follow this quick link in your browser, bit. And when I say bit.ly, I just mean bit.ly. It's basically like a little short uh, short link. So you can join at bit.ly slash blogging unscripted on FB, all lowercase. Now that we're officially on Apple Podcasts, it's super important for you to rate, review, and subscribe. I'd love to hear any and all feedback, and I really encourage you guys to get in touch, say hi. If we don't already know each other, I would love to meet you. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Danielle Gervino and at Blogging Unscripted, and I will see you guys for our next episode. Chat soon.